Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Even the series with a very, very... Oddly comfortable win in Game 4, leading pretty much for the entire game and winning by a final score of 100-93 to even the series at 2-2 with the Boston Celtics. But before I go on, I got to tell you that, look, I know we're thinking right now, ever since basketball came back, ever since the Raptors came back from 0-2 hole, can't get buckets out of your head. We're not just talking about basketball buckets, we're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. it. Happens to me all the time. One minute I'm talking buckets on the podcast, the next minute I'm daydreaming about the ten dollar mighty bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course a popcorn chicken? But don't worry, it's normal. It even happens to most NBA players during actual games. It just means you're hungry. So order your bucket online at KFC.ca and get it before tip off. Yeah. So Raptors, baby. <laughs> you know. Oh, going down 0-2, no sweat, nothing, man. Let's just let's let's chill. In the immortal words of Fred VanVleet, who said in the tunnel to Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster after Game Three, where OJ Anobi walked it off with the three, they effed up now. They effed up now, and that's what the Raptors did. They took that momentum, they took that energy that they had in Game Three, where they played their asses off and got the win at the buzzer, and they carried it over tonight. I mean, the really. The Raptors' energy tonight was phenomenal. I mean, I think part of it is also the Celtics' energy, you know, just as a whole. They look to be wearing down a little bit as the series is going on. Whereas the Raptors are just getting stronger and stronger. I mean, you look at this team. Finally, the Raptors shoot well from three. Not even that well, I would say. 17 of 44. That's 38.6%. The Raptors shot roughly like 35% on the season. So you, you shave like one three off of that. That's the Raptors' season average. Now, the Celtics shot poorly from three. All right, They shot 7 of 35 for 20%. But what I will say about that is, A, the Celtics look tired because they just had a lot of shots going short. Um, you know, and I think honestly, the bulk of the Celtics misses were from Jalen Brown, who shot two of eleven. Really could not buy a bucket. Couldn't even get a ten dollar mighty bucket for two. Actually, actually, KFC does not serve Jalen Brown specifically. Uh, but you know, it's it just the Celtics looked kind of tired as a group, and you know, the Raptors really just wore them down for over the course of this game. I mean, one of the quotes that I really thought was telling after the game was Nick Nurse was asked about. Uh, the minutes that his guys were playing, because obviously the top guys were playing a lot. Kyle Lowry played 80 minutes in the last two games. Actually, 80-plus, sorry. What am I, I can't short this guy. He played 80 minutes plus. He played 46 minutes and 30 seconds in Game 3, and he played 43 minutes and 47 seconds today. So he's officially at 90 minutes. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Lowry's played over 90 minutes the last two games. Yeah, so obviously, you know, these guys are riding hard, but uh, Nick Nurse said, quote, 
our guys are used to playing big minutes in intense situations over long series. And I think that that part is a skill. Endurance is a skill. Like that mental toughness is an actual skill. It's a learned skill. It's 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 you have to practice doing it. And the Raptors obviously have tons of practice going through the playoffs last year. I mean, how many intense games were they part of? Last year, game three against Milwaukee, they played double overtime to get that win to save their season. You know, the Raptors are used to this. And so I don't know if the Celtics are used to it. That's what I'm trying to say because the Celtics kind of look lethargic today. They missed a lot of shots short. I mean, you could say it's a miss or miss, uh, make or miss league, Doug. I'm sure the Celtics fans were uh, saying, oh, everything's sustainable from Toronto when they were shooting 20% from three. And that's why the, you know, the Celtics are just way better than the Raptors. And now they're probably saying, well, you know, if the Celtics had their regular share of threes, they probably would have won. Listen, if Marcus Smart didn't go Reggie Miller in uh, <laughs> in game two, the Raptors would be up 3-1, okay? We don't need to talk about this kind of stuff, all right, if we really want to go there. Um, yeah, the Raptors, you know, they look good. They look good. They, they led from pretty much wire to wire. The Raptors came out really strong. Once again, it's Kyle Lowry leading the way for the Raptors. I mean, not only is he playing 90 minutes in the last two games, but he's also carrying the offense right now. And carrying the defense. He's just carrying the team, period. No, but he's really setting the tone. I mean, you saw it today. Kind of similar to Game 3 where he came out and scored 10 of the first 12 points. Today, 11 quick points to start the game for Kyle Lowry where he got to the free throw line for six free throw attempts. You know, he drove inside, drew contact, put guys into foul trouble. Jalen Brown into foul trouble. You know, Daniel Tyson a bit of foul trouble. Uh, first possession of the game, he gets Kemba Walker on him, shoots the mid-range right over him. You know what? He's too little, man. You can't guard Kyle Lowry with someone smaller than Kyle Lowry, please. All right? <laughs> That's the only way anyone can actually hold Kyle Lowry down is to actually put someone bigger on him. Um, and then a three uh, against the Celtics when they drop back. And, and it was very interesting to see the Celtics. First off, their defensive strategy was a little strange in the course of this game. I mean, Brad Stevens subbed in Robert Williams. Two minutes and 34 seconds into the first quarter for Daniel Tice. Wasn't really sure what that was about. He did not really help because, again, Kyle Lowry was just going downhill. Really helped Kyle get going, actually, to go against what is essentially a rookie. Um, and Kyle set the tone. 11 quick points right out the bat. He finishes with uh, 22 points tonight. But it's just the hustle, the all-out effort that Kyle Lowry played with. Yeah, he missed some threes over the course of the game. He only shot 5 of 16 from the field overall. But the free throw attempts early on, the fact that he stayed so engaged, and then just the hustle, the all-out hustle. Because what you saw from this game is Kyle Lowry at his very best, okay? Because you saw Kyle Lowry defensively taking two charges, right? One on Kemba Walker, one on Jalen Brown. You know, big plays there. Big, big plays. First off, Kemba Walker gets called for one foul a week. So that's the, just drawing a foul on Kemba is already pretty tough as it is. All right, Celtics definitely don't uh, don't have a lot of guys getting foul trouble. That's for damn sure. Um, but, you know, Kyle Lowry stepping in for those two charges defensively. You know, Kyle Lowry uh, recording two blocks, including one where the Celtics, you know, looked to have an advantage off the pick and roll. They had um, a lob opportunity there, you know, um, to to Robert Williams and you know that looked like that was going to be in and uh, Kyle Lowry is able to break that up, um, yeah you know what I mean like Kyle was able to break up plays to the rim to two blocks to two steals and of course the play of the game what I thought you know was really the one that set the tone and sort of showed the difference in this game was the Celtics are running their offense the Raptors are pressuring them Marcus Smart swings the ball to uh, Jason Tatum to try to reverse the ball on the wing. The pass is a little bit off because the Raptors are probably already pressuring them so much. The pass is off. Tatum tries to collect it. He doesn't really sense that Kyle Lowry is there diving for the ball. And this is the thing. On that loose ball, this is late in the fourth quarter. Kyle Lowry's already played 40-plus minutes. What does Kyle Lowry do? He dives for the ball. Even though he's farther away from the ball than Tatum is, and Tatum is 
much taller, like eight inches taller than Kyle Lowry with a much longer wingspan. But what does Kyle Lowry have? Kyle Lowry has heart and he has hustle and he's diving on the floor and pressuring the ball. He ends up slapping the ball off of Tatum while Tatum is on top of him on the sideline. The play is so close. They had the reviewer for like five minutes and ultimately just called jump ball, which basically means I don't know what happened. But, um, yeah, it was great. Kyle Lowry, first off, it was great that Kyle Lowry body-checked uh, Jason Tatum into the scorer's table. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I feel like that kind of physicality is um, is just nice. It's, it's just nice. You know what I mean? It's just I just felt great about it. It's a completely legal play. Everyone's going for the ball. There's nothing, anything about it. But the fact that you know he got body-checked into the, the scoreboard table... As a competitor, I very much enjoyed that. But also, it just showed the heart and the kind of hustle. That was the kind of play that the that Kyle Lowry made, like, the entire game. And the Raptors, again, just have followed in his lead. Kyle Lowry has been a leader the last two games. Not only is he playing heavy, heavy minutes, but he is setting the tone for the Raptors. To start, to give the Raptors a good start in the first quarter, just like he did in Game 3. And then to finish strong, the plays that he was making, you know, last game he did the two layups there. Today he forced Tatum to that little jump ball there. Uh, you know, had a nice assist. You know what I mean? Like, just Kyle's been really, really stepping up. Uh, and, I mean, just look at the stat line, man. 22 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. And, you know, I mean, 4 threes, 4 of 10 from 3. You know, that's that's been a nice part, too, for Kyle to find his 3-point game again. And I actually think... One of the great things right now with Kyle initiating so much of the offense is that it's helping the rest of the team sort of stay balanced because it's, it's sort of settling everything else in. Because, you know, earlier in the first two games, it felt like because Kyle had Tatum on him, guarding him a lot more, the, the better mis- the better matchup, at least offensively on paper, it would have been Fred trying to attack Kemba Walker. Now, the thing is, A, the Raptors have done a better job of, you know, getting Kyle into more advantageous situations so that it's not always Tatum guarding him. You know, we're seeing different bodies on him now. But what's also been great is that with Kyle Lowry initiating so many more plays, you know, that's allowed other people to play off the ball. And I think that's actually helped the Raptors in terms of their offense. When you look at a guy like Fred Van Vliet, you know, Fred was able to play more off ball. You know, Fred obviously still has the ball a ton. You know, he played 45 minutes. You know, he took 19 shots. You know, that's second highest on the team. But what Fred was able to do is play a little bit more off ball so that he's not always just pulling up for three and, and sort of running the pick and roll and sort of pounding the ball into the floor a little bit. You know, getting Fred out of his bad tendencies, playing him off the ball. And that's where he's most effective because he's, he's right now it's the jump shooting that's working for Fred. Fred shot one of eight from inside the arc today. You know, that that's just kind of what it is. And the one was a uh, was a mid-range long two that he pulled up off some space. Uh, everything else at the rim was, was, was off or blocked, but... You know, when you get Fred off the ball, he gets cleaner looks. And, you know, the Raptors did a really good job of getting Fred two catch-and-shoot threes. Uh, In the third quarter there, he had a catch-and-shoot three off an offensive rebound from Pascal Siakam to end the first half, which was also kind of nice to see the Raptors finally end the half with a buzzer beater um, instead of Kemba Walker always doing it. Although, I guess guess OG Anobi did that last game, so my bad. Sorry, Celtics fans, but I'm not actually that sorry. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, the Raptors are just... You know, Kyle's playing great, and he's leading the way. And, 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 you know, it's funny because the Raptors didn't actually shoot that well at the rim in general today. I think Fred, obviously, shooting 0 of 8 really dragged that down. You know, Norm wasn't able to get inside it much. But what uh, Kyle's, Kyle's just so impressive in the sense that he somehow is still able to get to the rim, even when everyone else isn't. You know what I mean? Even though he's small, even, you know, you, you put all these caveats in there. Kyle is still able to get downhill. You know, he's able to put his body in between and... and yeah, I, I just think that that really helped the Raptors today. Obviously, the, the hot start, but then you know Fred picked it up. I thought Fred had a good game, 
obviously defensively, the hustle for Fred is always going to be on point. He's always going to be active. Uh, I like the way he played off the ball to sort of relocate. Um, and then I kind of just liked the whole team effort today because it didn't feel like it was, you know, game three, Kyle Lowry kind of played, he, he balled out to start the game. It was awesome in the first half. And then, like, that felt like the only reason the Raptors are only down 10 at half because everyone else was playing bad. Like, today, the top six players for the Raptors, you know, and that's everybody except for Norman Powell, played really well. And I thought all these guys had good games. You know, Mark, uh, you know, play, the playmaking, the five assists, you know, especially early on, he got three assists really early on. Um, just sort of uh, catching the ball on the roll, distributing to OG, distributing to Pascal, you know what I mean? Just like setting people up. I thought he did well there. Had a good game defensively as well. Not as good as the previous games, but, you know, he, his defensive effort is, has been really strong. Um, didn't let Kemba Walker sort of turn the corner as much on him. And again, the presence at the rim was just, you know, again, he's just a huge body down there. Uh, he fouled out, but, you know, this is kind of what you expect out of uh, Mark, 26 minutes played. Pascal, I thought, you know, wasn't shooting it well. I mean, he just wasn't shooting it well. He shot 2 of 13 from 3. But uh, a lot of those attempts were in the first half. In the second half, you know, he was going to the paint a little bit more. And he was able to get open get to the paint. OG sort of did his 3 and D thing. You know, has been really locked down defensively. And also really efficient offensively. 11 points on 7 shots for OG. That's exactly what you're looking for from him. Uh, you know, it's Serge also coming off the bench, you know, doing his thing, supplying that energy. So the top six guys are playing really well. Whereas you look at the Celtics, some of their top six guys, I don't really know where they're at. Marcus Smart is a really hit or hitness kind of guy. Like he, he is, you know, he, sometimes he's there and sometimes, I mean, his defense is always there. He's always playing hard, but his offense really comes and goes, right? Like that's why, you know, when I was talking about game one on the podcast, when I was talking about game two on the podcast, when he hit those five straight threes, I'm like, this can't keep going. And what has he done since? Nothing. Literally nothing. Other than trying to pull little dirty stunts, all right? And trying to, like, drag people down and, and, and run into Marcus Gasol and, and, and knock OG Anobi over in transition while the ref's not looking and shove Pascal to the ground for an offensive rebound that somehow the ref wasn't looking and, uh, and, and arm bars at Serge Ibaka. You know, that, that's, that's the kind of play we're expecting from Marcus Smart now. We're not getting five threes a game. We're getting five dirty fouls a game that are somehow uncalled. And then you look at the rest of the guys. Daniel Tice, he is what he is. He's fine, but he's really not doing much. He's not protecting the rim all that well. Jalen Brown had a really off night. And, you know, even Kemba Walker only got nine shots off. And I think that's that's a sign of the Raptors' defense working. Because, again, if you can limit his attempts without selling out to, to guard him, I think the Raptors can, you know, can live with the fact that he only had four of nine. Now, he still got to the free throw line seven times because he's really good at jerking his body. And the refs are really good at giving him the whistle every time whereas Fred can't get a single call. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the Raptors did a good job defensively on the whole. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously they have all the momentum. But right now, it's it's just funny how quick things in the playoffs can change, right? Because right now the Raptors look like the better team. The Raptors look like the better team. Today they led pretty much the whole game. The Celtics briefly got ahead at the end of the first half, but the Raptors tied it going into halftime. And then the Raptors led the rest of the way. And it was really, really impressive to see the Raptors sort of execute time and time again. Offensively, it didn't even feel like they scored that well. But, of course, when you shoot 17 of 44 from three, that's going to balance out your offense. Raptors actually didn't shoot that well from inside the arc. But, you know, the team was just flowing. Like, everything looked a little bit easier. And that's why I feel like the Celtics are slowing down a little bit in terms of their... Um, in terms of their intensity defensively. Because I thought game one, they were all over the Raptors. Game two, they played really hard. Now, the Raptors played really hard in game two and game three as well. And the Celtics played hard those two games. But, you know, today it felt like the Raptors were clearly the ones that had more energy and more gas in the tank. 
and you know you, you maybe that just comes down to shot making maybe it's just as simple as you know it's the human psychology you see the fact that you shoot what seven or 35 from three maybe it's harder to play defense but the Raptors did well and honestly Raptors are doing a better job of finding good looks because you look at Serge Ibaka today came in with and the Raptors have done a really good job getting Serge uh, open for three the last few games. Serge has scored 15 or more in three of the four games, games one, two, and now f- uh, four. And Serge has been really good from the three-point arc there. Again, the Celtics are really packing the paint against the Raptors' guards. They're packing the paint against uh, Pascal Siakam. Their threes are going to be there. And the Raptors' centers, I mean, Mark missed his three. He still has yet to make a three against the Celtics all year, despite playing them six times now. He's, wow, doesn't have a single three in six games. But Serge Ibaka has really come in and picked that up. You know, it's probably an adjustment for the Celtics to make in the sense that Serge is getting left wide open and Serge is confidently stepping into these threes. Uh, but it's also like the, the fact that Serge is, you know, crashing the glass and getting involved offensively that way. I mean, he was really efficient tonight. 18 points in 22 minutes off the bench. And decent defensively, too. I thought he set the tone for the second half. The Raptors had a really good third quarter. The third quarter has been the Raptors' quarter. In all of these games, but that third quarter there, where the Raptors won thirty-two to twenty-four, that quarter started with Serge Ibaka blocking Daniel Tice on a Duncan tap right at the rim, meeting him, and then wagging his finger, and that was really, really, you know, just kind of set the tone for the Raptors in terms of just their intensity, their energy was was better for the course of the game. But you know, Serge was really strong, you know, um, Mark. Decent, you know, and yeah, it's just a good team effort, you know, and that's the thing that feels really nice is that the Raptors are more functioning as a team, right? Because, you know, they're just, they're, there's a the thing, like, obviously Pascal is like not necessarily hitting his shots. He's not as sharp as you would expect him to be. He's not like November Pascal, but let's be real. The defense right now is not November defense. And the opponent now is the Celtics, who are a really good defensive club. They're going to put him down. But the thing is, you don't need Pascal to, uh, you know, carry the offense for you time and time again. You need to play as a team. And the Raptors are doing a better job playing as a team right now, right? Because you look at Fred's giving them offense, Kyle's giving them offense, the pick and roll's working a little bit better now that Serge is scoring. You know, Marcus distributing, finding space in the short roll and kicking it out. OG's been steady with his contributions. And really, they, you know, they just need Pascal to convert and be aggressive and keep the offense running. They don't actually need him to be, you know, just flat out dominant. And I thought a couple things I liked about Pascal's game today. Yes, you shot 2 of 13, and of course, you look at that and you say, what are you doing? Why are you shooting 13 threes? That's not only just a playoff career high for Pascal, but it's a, uh, you know, just a career high period. I mean, he's only shot 12 or 11 before in the regular season. But Pascal, you know, even those threes, the threes were open. I like that even though he was missing, he was still taking them because that shows, you know, no dip in confidence. Um you know, it's kind of the same deal in Game 3, right? He was missing all those jumpers, and, you know, Matt Demlin was saying, we need this, and he was missing, and that felt terrible. But Pascal was still with the bank and a couple of jumpers. And then what I liked is that just, you know, today, his his overall game was really strong. You know, no turnovers for a guy who took 23 shots and played 45 minutes, despite the defense always coming in on him, was great. No offensive fouls there. Uh, and then if you look at inside the paint, he shot 8 of 10 from two-point range, and that is really, really good, because if you look through the video of the way Pascal played today, much stronger in terms of just, A, the Raptors got him deeper post position. When he did want to post up, it was deep. He only had one bad post up against Jalen Brown, which he missed. Otherwise, he's doing really well. 
you know, uh, you know, when he faced up with Jalen Brown, first off, he was facing up instead of backing up. You know, he shot uh, two jumpers over him, one from the mid-range, one from, like, a little shorter in. I like that shot a little bit better than the post-up right now just because you got to mix it up. You can't be that predictable that you're always turning your back to the basket, right? You have to mix it up with the face-up. And I know he can play. He can do it because that's all he works on is catch-and-shoot threes, uh, pull-up threes in practice, and then afterwards he's working one-on-one. Over and over and over again, he's working that one-on-one game in the mid-range. And, you know, that mid-range jumper is something that he works on. And he has good footwork on that. And listen, Brown is playing off of him. Brown is playing, trying to play him physical, taking away the rim. And the thing is, Pascal's taller. So he can shoot. Not only is the defense playing him to shoot, but he's also just he's just also just also longer. So he can get a cleaner shot off. I like that he faced up a little bit more. And I like that he's playing within the team, too, because now you're not necessarily just getting Pascal creating his own offense. You're also getting Kyle Lowry running the fast break with uh, off of Fred Elite, you know, hit a head pass, and then dumping it off to Pascal for a transition. I think that that might be Pascal's only transition basket in the series. And, of course, you, that's a big part of his game. It's really necessary. And, and just overall, I liked his approach. It was a lot steadier. Of course, the threes were missed, whatever. You want to shoot, shoot better than 2 of 13. But at the same time, those are good looks. He, he took the looks. Maybe the, you know he didn't need to take all of the looks, but still, it didn't hurt the Raptors' offense. I thought he played really well. So I'm encouraged. This is Pascal's best game of the bubble. He had 23 points. Again, 8 of 10 from two-point range is very, very good for Pascal. And, yeah, it just feels like sort of slowly as the series goes on, the Raptors are building those momentum. Like, especially defensively, if you look at, I mean, the first off, with Walker only getting nine field goal attempts off, you know, that that just shows, first off, a lot of discipline uh, on the Raptors to sort of stay engaged. Their centers are really making an effort to come out to the perimeter, you know, playing him on the level of the screen so he can't just pull up uh, off, a, off, a, off a solid screen there at the top. You know, he did have one pretty good look at the end of the game against Mark, where Mark wasn't able to get up in time because I sort of missed the read there. But overall, you know, Kemba was off rhythm in terms of his shooting, one of six from three, so he missed that. Um, but, you know, the Raptors defensively just kind of feels like they're kind of slowly constricting. You know, Jason Tatum, yeah, he got 24 points. He shot efficiently again. But, A, he didn't get the three-point line. He hasn't really gotten off on the three-point line the three in the four games the Raptors have played. And he wasn't able to create that much. I mean, three assists against five turnovers. You'll take that any single day from the other team's leading scorer. And, you know, um, it just feels like the Raptors are finding ways to sort of contain the Celtics. Obviously, you know, first off, remember after game one, all we talked about was like, oh, the Raptors give up too many corner threes. What? You know, Stevens is such a genius for going after corner threes. I mean, have corner threes hurt the Raptors? Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, I don't think so. It's not really about that. The Raptors are, are doing a good job defensively. You know, the Celtics, even when they do limit their turnovers, the Raptors are still doing a good job there in terms of just putting pressure on the ball. And again, it's just that all-out hustle and intensity. It feels like the Raptors' defense is like this cobra, and it just slowly wraps around you and just grips you and grips you and, and, and just, you know, just sucks the life out of you, basically. You know, I mean, if you look at the Raptors in, the, in a couple of games here, um, they're building momentum. And again, the Celtics aren't really. Like, who's really... You know, the problems offensively for the Celtics, we kind of know about, right? Like, we know Jason Tatum is a really good one-on-one scorer, really good in the pick-and-roll now, really clever at getting to the rim. His length is really good. His footwork is really good. It takes a lot of energy to get him out, out you know. Got to really get in front of him in, in the uh, pick-and-roll, not let him get downhill. Raptors doing a good job showing extra bodies. He's scoring, but he's scoring tough baskets, so that's just credit to him. There's not much else you can do. They're de- doing a decent job on Kemba. Like, it's still the pick and roll does create problems. Like, he did have eighteen, ass- he have eight assists, 
but it, it wasn't like Kemba was scoring and assisting, right? You, he can do one of the two, but he can't do both. And the Raptors sort of really made Kemba be a playmaker today, and he did a good job with that. Eight assists on, on a night where the, when the Celtics shoot 7-35 is still pretty impressive, considering he probably would have got double digits if guys can hit their shots, especially Jalen. But on the whole, they did a decent job on Kemba. Smart is a guy who, you know, he's... He's just a guy. I don't know. Sometimes he can go off, and, and he's streaky like that. And of course, those guys are always dangerous, as we saw in Game 2, where the Celtics stole one. But, I mean, for the most part, the Raptors are doing a good job. And then, even off the bench, I think the Raptors are really, really uh, starting to even out the bench parts. Because where the Raptors were really getting killed at times was at the end of the first quarter, at the end of the third quarter. That's They like to take Kemba out midway through the game in the third and the fourth, in, in the third and the first quarter, and then bring him back to play against the Raptors bench to end those quarters. And Kemba's done a really good job. He's hit, feels like a hundred of those buzzer-beating threes against the Raptors. But they did a better job defending him in those situations, you know. And I think really what that comes down to is identifying that, look, there's nobody off the Celtics bench that you really need to be that afraid of defensively. So you can afford to be more liberal. You can afford to play a little bit more uh, zone coverage, right? You can afford to sort of... Uh, shift up your matchups. So, you know, obviously Kemba's most dangerous in the pick and roll. He's usually getting the center to come set the screen because the center has set the biggest screens. Although Smart also sets big screens, but whatever. You're not really getting a mismatch there. Uh, You're usually trying to get a center involved in the pick and roll. The Raptors have done a good job of just when there is Grant Williams in the game, when there is Robert Williams in the game, and there's maybe two bench players, like, you know, one of the Williams is out there with Wanamaker or out there with Ojale. The Raptors are doing a good job of communicating, having their centers switch off to guard uh, the wings instead. So if it's Wanamaker or Ojale or sometimes even Smart, and they're putting uh, a forward to guard Williams, uh, the the two Williams uh, guys, um, centers. And that way, you know, when they're coming up in the pick and roll against Kemba, all of a sudden you have a little bit more mobility with a forward sort of showing on the perimeter, a little bit more comfortable there, a little quicker. Or even outright, if you need to bail because it's such a hard screen, and, you know, Fred is so stuck, which is rare, but sometimes it happens. He gets stuck sometimes. Then you can even switch with the forwards, and you're sort of still then forcing Kemba Walker to play one-on-one, containing him a little bit. They're doing a better job of that. And, again, there's no one on the Celtics team off the bench that you really need to worry about right now because the guy you need to worry about before was Marcus Smart, sort of a great six-man, not necessarily offensively, but, you know, decent enough offensively while being elite defensively. Whereas now, without Gordon Hayward in the lineup, this is where you're really seeing that 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 struggle for the Celtics. Because when they have two of these Celt- these bench guys in, it's really tough. It becomes Jason Tatum hunting for fouls. It becomes Kemba Walker hunting for fouls. It becomes a lot of pull-up jumpers. Guys aren't getting to the rim as much. And then, really, you want these uh, these bench guys to get come in and just provide some energy. Uh, but, I mean, like as the course of the series goes on, there's only so many times Robert Williams can crash the glass because no one's boxing him out. People are going to realize... That you got to box this guy out. He's pretty athletic. So, you know, if he does score, it's usually because Kemba's really beat his man and found Williams. And that's what happened a couple of times here. And then the other guys, Grant Williams can't really score from anywhere. Not really. Uh, he's he's really like a Chuck Hayes type. Brad Wanamaker is mad annoying and, and just honestly, you know, just look. I mean, I don't want to talk about this. But, you know, it's you know, outside of making dirty plays on Kyle Lowry, Brad Wanamaker has not really been an impactful offensive player. And even Ojale, yes, Ojale scored seven points. And all those in the first half, the Raptors did a, were really, really diligent in contesting and closing out on him in the corner. And he made a couple of plays. But on the whole, he's not really going to score that much. So there's just a lot of negatives on the floor. And that's why you see, you see Brad Stevens sort of shortening his rotation. Because you see... 
Kemba Walker playing 41 minutes. Marcus Smart playing 41 minutes. Jason Tatum playing 42 minutes and 34 seconds. Jalen Brown, 37 minutes, even though he's in foul trouble and shooting bricks all night. You're seeing the Celtics have to, you know, this is where the Raptors bench advantage needs to come into play because the Celtics tonight didn't get anything off the bench, whereas the Raptors got surged delivering 18 points on nine shots. And so the Celtics had to shorten the rotation. And again, when you shorten the rotation, how many of these guys are equipped to play these extended minutes? I mean, like, damn, it's not like this, these any of these Celtics players have championships. It's not like they went to Golden State and played 42 minutes. You don't even, Then it's not like they, you know, started for Danny Green in the second half and played the entire second half like Fred VanVleet did in Game 6. Like, that's not what happened for these guys. These guys don't have that experience. They're younger guys. And maybe, yeah, younger means you have more energy. I don't know. When you're older, you have that mentality and you have that like mental toughness to push through. Because it's not really the physical that's going to push you through. You're just in the bubble right now. You got some family in there. You're not doing anything, okay? So these guys can recover. And I just don't know if the intensity can be sustained. And if it's really just the Celtics are pushing their guys as hard as Raptors push their guys, then I think in the end, you might see more of the Raptors guys prevailing in the end. Because, again, Fred's built for this. Kyle's built for this. Kyle was one of the league leaders in minutes. All season, so was Fred, so was Pascal. So these guys know. These guys know what to do, and and Raptors look really solid right now. Look, obviously two two, the momentum's all on their side. If OG doesn't hit that shot, you know they probably don't play this hard in Game Four. Maybe it's like a whole Milwaukee Bucks situation, you know. Uh, but you know, instead, thankfully, we have a coach like Nick Nurse instead of a coach like uh, uh, Coach Bug, who you know refuses to play Giannis more than thirty six minutes ever. Um, you know, and and you know the Raptors are. Going with the guys, and now they've even the series, they have all the momentum, and now it's the, all the pressure is on the Celtics. All the pressure is on the Celtics. Just, everybody was just saying the Celtics, the Celtics, the Celtics, the Celtics. They were look, look, I mean, Marcus Smart is the best shooter since Steph Curry, and, and, and Jalen, and, and you know, Jason Tatum is Kobe, and, and Jalen Brown is, you know, I, I don't even know Jalen Brown, I guess. I mean, you know, like they were saying all these things, and they're saying, oh, yeah, their, their length is too big for the Raptors, Raptors can't shoot at all. Like, please. Raptors are champions. Please respect the champions. Okay, this is what the champions do. You know, they get they get punched in the nose uh, in game one. They come they come out with no energy, uncharacteristic, whatever throwaway game. It's regrettable, but it happened. Game two, they play their asses off. They still lose, but still, you know, uh, they had a great chance to win at the end, and you know they couldn't do it. It's regrettable. So that was a heartbreaker. But then to respond with that OG game three game winner, and now today by beating the Celtics from basically start to finish. Uh, you love it. You love to see it, and of course, you know there's there's a couple of um, there's a couple of trends that are starting to happen. You know, the Raptors. You know, um, the fast breaks. It feels like the Raptors are getting a little bit more in the fast break now. They only got six fast break points today. The Celtics got seven, but in Game Three, Raptors got fourteen fast break points. The Celtics got two. You know, it, 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 honestly, it feels like the Raptors getting a little bit easier offense in general. Uh, you know, the pick and roll game is starting to free up. You're seeing, you're seeing uh, Kyle sort of warming up. You're seeing Fred warming up. You're seeing Serge sort of provide. You're seeing Mark being just a little bit more useful offensively. And, you know, and then you got Pascal, who, again, you know, Pascal was the one guy that was struggling. I don't know how the Raptors are winning some of these games with Pascal struggling as badly as he did, but it just goes to show it's a team game, A, and B, that, you know, Pascal is sort of still kind of a number two option. And when your number two option can eventually find his rhythm, and then the Raptors going to be scary. The Raptors going to be scary. He shot 8 of 10 from inside the arc today. You know, that's something. 23 and 11 for Pascal. That's pretty damn good. While also playing great defense. And OG, he's not shook. You don't use OG's. I mean, listen, OG's not shook. 0.5 seconds. Game series, uh, season on the line. Not shook, you know. So OG's been consistent all three games above you know, double digits for OG. Shooting efficiently. 
getting to the free throw line, uh, driving against the closeout, you know, guys looking good right now. And really, the only guys that you really need to get going is Norman Powell, who I don't know what is going on with Norm, but he is just struggling. I understand he's not getting many minutes. You know, Nick Nurse acknowledged that earlier today. Uh, he acknowledged that after game two. He couldn't play Norm much in game three because Norm was just much of a disaster. Today, he gave Norm 20 minutes, uh, and he played. He shot one of six from the field, got three free throws, which was nice. But, I mean, like, the first shift he had, he got he got to the rim and got three free throws, which was which was good. He got fouled on a bad closeout, I think, by Wanamaker. But Norm has just, I don't know, he's not even getting his offense. Like, you really, that's the that's the thing. If you're playing, I mean, we know Norm's role. He's just there to score. He's not really there to defend that much. Uh, uh, he's not, I mean, he's not really there to create for others. He's there to score. So if he can only get six shots up in 19 minutes and 28 seconds, that's a problem. And really what, what you're seeing right now is the Raptors are putting Norm uh, in, in the regular Norm sets where you have Serge Ibaka setting the screen and Norm curling from the baseline up to receive the ball going downhill, and he's not getting any of those. Like The Celtics are just reading that every single time, going under the screen, and forcing Norm to do something else with the ball, and that's where you're not seeing anything else because Norm is not getting a lot of easy catch-and-shoot opportunities, obviously getting nothing in transition. It's just tough, but look, I know Norm can play better than this. We all know Norm can play better than this, and and if Norm gets going on top of everything else, then that could just clinch the series right there. So I, I really, really hope the coaching staff and Norm get together in the next you know day or two, just try to figure that out because Norm has not had one good game yet all series. Even Pascal is now coming on strong, right? You know, Norm was great. Norm was great against the Nets, and of course that was the Nets. But I'm I'm just saying, like, I mean. Damn, when the Celtics played the, the the two Williams twins and then the Brad Wanamaker and Semi Ojale, like that's pretty much the Nets. Like, come on, Norm, you can do better. And whatever the Celtics got in with Marcus Smart, you know, whatever that's cool. You know, the fact that Norm is even occupying the Marcus Smart assignment means someone else is not getting guarded by Marcus. So that's that's still good for the offense as a whole. But I need Norm to pick it up. And um, and yeah, because look, listen, playing Matt Thomas three minutes as the eighth man is just not really going to cut it. Really off the bench, you need Norm to do it. And I believe in Norm. I believe in Norm. All right. Well, let's let's hope for Norm to get a better game. But Raptors, even the series, they tied two two. Pakalari, just an absolute G. Uh, in terms of your three stars, of course, the first star goes to Kalari. Twenty two points in forty three minutes and forty seven seconds. Uh, get the four threes. Got the eight of eight from the free throw line. Got the eleven rebounds, seven assists. You know, two steals, two blocks, plus ten, a game high. Fantastic effort from Kyle Lowry, man. This guy is, just continues to just be the face and the, the the spirit and the will of the whole entire franchise. Absolutely. Just, you know, this is our leader. This is our man. He is a star in this league. And I hate that people continue to, you know, pick on him because he doesn't look flashy, doesn't drop people on cross lever, doesn't take a bunch of pull-up threes and preen and do shimmies and do all this other stuff. Kyle Lowry just wins, man. Kyle Lowry wins, all right? And, and please, you're telling me you're not getting, you wouldn't beg for 22 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, you know, with the with all the extra stuff on top of it, you know, all the hustle, all the defense, you know, playing all these minutes, you know, uh, putting the team on his back, like, please. 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 All right? Kyle Lowry, man. They've been the best point guard in the series so far. Let's be real. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, um, you know, has also been there. I was going to give Fred the second star, but I think you got to give Serge a second star here only because the efficiency is incredible. The 18 points on 7-9 shooting from the field in a game where the Raptors only shot 39.5% overall from the field, okay? 
Um, in a game where they only shot, you know, under 40%, for Serge Ibaka to be that efficient, 7-9 from the field, 4-4 four, four from the three-point line, with seven rebounds and a block in 22 minutes, and the 18 points is fantastic. Look, I, I think Serge can still do a little bit better job defensively, especially since he's going up against some of the weaker players on the Celtics. Uh, you know, I think Mark has definitely shown that he's a better defender there, but the offense that Serge brings is just, it's such a lifeline. It gives you... a just a room to just breathe and just say, you know what, Serge is here, Mark is coming off, Serge is you know, at least going to capitalize and shoot and change the complexion of the offense because it's not then just Fred trying to drive and then kick out the college, kick out the Fred, or kick out the Pascal or OG or whatever. You know, like Serge will really be there to shoot and score, and he did a great job of that. He's been great all series in his role. Uh, I love his energy. Um, and, and honestly, even the defensive end, I think he's improving that front too. So, I think he's getting comfortable, and again, Serge is just, the scoring was really clutch. And, you know, the third star, I to give, you know, Fred is there for sure, but I think, honestly, with the way Pascal has been struggling, you got to give Pascal the third star here, because A, this is his best game inside the bubble in terms of, uh, in, in the series, uh, you know, best game against the Celtics in the bubble, the five games against the Celtics. The 23 points, 10 of 23 from the field is not great, but again, he shot 2 of 13 from 3. And he shot 8 of 10 from inside the arc. This man still can't get any love from the referees. This man is 1 of 2 from the free throw line today. Only 2 attempts despite playing so much in the paint. Don't don't understand it. Even though Kemba Walker didn't drive in and the wind blows. And he's getting a foul call. Someone's phone rings. He gets a foul call. Like, it's ridiculous out there, man. Uh, but Pascal, the 11 rebounds, the 2 assists, the defense that he's playing, the 1-on-1 defense. Him and OG are playing against Tatum, against Brown. It's been absolutely huge. So those are three stars. Uh, and then your Gerald Henderson Award, um, I don't even really know where to go with this because no one on the Celtics really played that well. So I might just give it to Semi Ojale because uh, he had a couple of decent plays, I guess. I mean, I think he should play more. I mean, I don't want to coach it for Brad Stevens, but it feels like Brad could go to a little bit of small ball. I'm, You know, I, I almost don't even want to say it, but uh, just to not put it into the ether, but... I feels like the Celtics would have a lot more success switching most of their plays. Right now, they can't do that because their centers aren't able to switch. They do switch with Grant Williams because he's six foot six and he has good foot speed for uh, you know for a chubby guy. But like on the whole, he's getting roasted on the one on one coverages. I think the play there might be to just scrap all those centers and just go with Semi Ojale as your backup center and then sort of switch a lot. And you know, obviously, you're going to require a lot of energy to do that, but. Look, listen, uh, I don't want to give... I don't even want to put that into the, the ether, but I, I thought Semi was good. He's shown that he can guard Pascal decently, pretty much just as good, if not better, than Jalen Brown, honestly. And, um, yeah, you know, he it's, the Raptors clearly respect his shot because the Raptors are running and flying out at this guy. Like, he's, you know, he somehow, you know, Steph is open in the corner or something. So, uh, yeah, Semi. You know, I, again, it's not like he had a great game, seven points, but, you know, in 11 minutes, but... Uh, it's kind of a reflection on the rest of the team. I don't know who else to give this to right now because I don't know, man. Ever since Marcus Smart started missing, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. So that that does it for the podcast. Um, actually, one thing I have to mention before I go is that Jason Tatum is now officially up to four total fouls in the four games. Fantastic effort from the, from the referees of tonight's game. Let me read out their names. Just I got to give them their, their love or something, man. Come on. Who, who officiated this game? Um, you know, because look, listen, you know, obviously we all know that Jalen Brown is the, uh, Jason Tatum is the greatest defender in NBA history. So, uh, he does not commit fouls. 
We all know this. He is the most disciplined defender of all time. He does not charge into people. He does not commit any fouls. So for the fact that he got called for two fouls today by the crew here of Mark Davis. Wow, okay, I'm really standing Mark Davis. Yeah, Mark Davis, Bill Kennedy, who I actually like. Bill Kennedy might be the only ref I like. And Kevin Scott. These guys had the courage to call these two fouls on Jason Tatum. And it was funny to see Tatum complaining about the foul call. I mean, it was late in the third quarter. I forget what happened. Um, Maybe he pushed off on Kyle. I know he definitely pushed off on Kyle late in the game for his second personal foul. Um, And that was a real momentum shifter. That kind of sealed it for the Raptors. But, um, yeah, you know, Tatum, I mean, it was really funny seeing him actually complain about a foul call because, like, again, that was his third foul call in four games. But I just have to salute the, the, the courage of these referees to call fouls on the greatest defender, the most disciplined defender of all time. All right. Jason Tatum, four fouls now in four games. All right. Even though he's played 40 minutes pretty much the whole series and he is guarding Pascal, he is guarding Kyle Lowry. These are the two top options for the Raptors. He is in the paint. He is on the perimeter. He is getting his physical. The four foul, it's just, it's unbelievable. Uh, He is so good at not fouling. I mean, the referees have just. Really, really t- <laughs> treated this nicely. And, and honestly, it was funny seeing Tatum complain because, again, that bro, that was your third foul in four games, man. Pascal will pick up three fouls in like five minutes. All right? So I, I don't know what is going on here, but uh, it was nice to see uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, uh, A, getting body checked into the scoreboard and also B, picking up two fouls. Because, again, that literally doubled his total. He's had four fouls in four games. How is that possible? In a physical, defensively oriented series like this one, the man has four fouls in four games, and two of them came today. So, I mean, at least they called the push up at the end there, because, and I'm sure Celtics fans are probably crying like, "Oh, Kyle Lowry flopped!" Like, bro, have you seen what Marcus Smart does? I don't, I don't want to get into Celtics fans. We can, we can have the slander pod after Game Six when the Raptors sweep. So, um, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. I appreciate everyone for listening again. You know, the Raptors are now 2-2 two and two in the series. The Raptors have now given us as fans, as Torontonians, as Canadians, a great opportunity to enjoy a stress-free Sunday before they play again on Monday. They play Game 5 on Monday. And, of course, the Raptors looking good, man. They, I think they have the strategy down. That they played three really good games here. I feel like they deserve to win 2, 3, and 4 here. Obviously, they let 2 get out of their hands. But Raptors doing well, man. Raptors doing well. And, um, yeah, I you know, I look, listen. Kyle obviously has been phenomenal. He has to keep playing the way he does. Pascal needs to pick it up, obviously, and he's doing that now. And you need Norm to now join them. Raptors can do this thing, man. They can do this thing. Believe in this team. Believe in the city, okay? Because after that OG3, man, I mean, that's the thing that, that happened with last year's playoffs, right? That was my lesson, and that's my takeaway, even though because I picked the Bucks, and that was very stupid of me, and I, I will openly admit that. Right, but that was my takeaway from the playoffs. When you have these big breaks going in your favor, you gotta you got to believe in the team. That's it. I don't care what the odds are. I don't care what the Celtics matchup is. I don't all this other stuff. Throw it all out, man. The Raptors can do this. They can do this. They're two two. They're gonna keep going. They have all the momentum, and um, yeah. So uh, shout out KFC for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. I appreciate. It. I see people are starting to review the podcast. We're over six hundred reviews in the uh, uh, the iTunes store, so that's fantastic. Obviously, we'd like to see that get even higher. Of course, I know people are listening. I know people appreciate it. If you do, please just leave a review in the iTunes app store. Uh, it just it helps a lot. And again, it takes very, very little time. Hit the five stars. If you really love it, drop a comment. Um, but I, again, I really appreciate everyone showing love. And yeah, we're in this together. Raptors, you know, they're back 2-2. They got all the momentum in the world. 
Jason Tatum finally has gone from two fouls in the whole series to four fouls in this series. So I love it. I love it. So I'll come back after game one, uh, game five, sorry, on, on Monday to uh, recap. So talk then. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.